You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome to another episode of the Collaborative Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Dub Nation, I know you're feeling pretty good after hmm. the beatdown that the Warriors put on the Mavericks, 147-116. We're going to get into all that, plus tomorrow's ABC game going on between the same two teams. Joining me to talk about that today with ESPN, of course, Cassidy Hubarth. Cassidy, how you doing? I'm great. I'm great. Uh, had a nice... Um, you know, viewing session on the couch last night. That was a fun watch until like the last, you know, a couple minutes where it just became a big blowout. Well, they just killed them in the in the second yeah. half. And I mean, it was, I think they outscored them, but those 73 to 40, the, you know, the Warriors were hitting everything and, and the Mavs. It was kind of interesting for me watching the game because, you know, I grew up in the 80s and, and 90s and I'm used to, okay, if you got the size advantage, slow the game down, take advantage, put your, like they had Chris Stapps Porzingis, put him on the block, and slow the game down. And so when I was watching that yesterday, and the Mavs are the worst three-point shooting team in the league percentage-wise, and they ended up going uh, 20 of 50 in that game on Thursday. When you're watching that, like, do you get frustrated at all when you're like, what are you guys doing? Like, come on, you could do better than this. I mean, my frustration was with the lack of defense. And I think yeah. that was what with the matter like, it just is, it was non-existent. Um, it was just, it was just like, oh, lay all day. But at the same time, you know, the Warriors just couldn't, couldn't miss. It was, it was, it was fun. And you could see that they were having a good time, especially Kelly Oubre. Um, and maybe that pop of confidence is just what he needs to have, you know, a career high for him. Um, but, you know, I, like I was sitting there last night and I was talking to my husband, I'm like, Steph, Curry is just underappreciated. And he goes, what are you talking about? He's very appreciated. I go, no, he, he's not appreciated because people continue to talk about his, you know, him, his legacy and improving himself um, without Kevin Durant. I'm like, okay, so this is a guy who's a two-time MVP, you know, uh, like a proven champion. And then every time, like he is, he, he, he is credited for changing the game. And every time you watch him, it's just fun. I always describe like magic Steph. Um, it's just, it's just fun. And you kind of saw that, uh, you know, pretty much across that game last night, those guys were just having fun. And as far as like, were they attacking Przingis? I, you know, I think Przingis is still, I, 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 I don't know what his health status is, but um, that team has been banged up all all season. They've been dealing with COVID situations. They're not they're not whole. This this was like their third game where they had like their full roster. Um, clearly, there's some defensive issues. You know, last night I was on that post game Zoom, and I I actually almost fell asleep because I was waiting for the Mavs to come to the podium or whatever the Zoom. Um, and you know, they took forever. It's because they were watching that third quarter back in the locker room um, and just trying to figure out defensively how they can get better. So I think I just uh, gave you a long answer to was that was I frustrated that, you know, the Mavs weren't taking advantage of size. It's kind of hard when you're hitting, you know, shots left and right. 
You were mentioning Steph Curry. I mean, I, you know, didn't get to play, only played in five games last season, you know, had a couple of injuries, came back now. He's been, he's been awesome, you know, throughout the season and, yeah. and you're seeing, and you're seeing teams really key on him. And, and I've noticed that too, from watching every single Warriors game is if they're playing an upper echelon team, they're doing everything. We're seeing box and one, which you never see in the NBA. Like they're, you know, they're, they're trying to do everything they can mm -hmm. to control Steph. And, and you mentioned Ubre went off for 40 uh, against the Mavs last time out. And I've been watching Ubre throughout the season too. And when he is forcing it, he's been awful. And we've seen him on offense when he's, you know, trying to just take a spot up shot yeah. with the defender on him. Yesterday, I found he was waiting for the ball, waiting for the opportunities and picking his spots. When you're watching the Warriors play, what is one thing you, you look at and think if they can improve that, they can maybe jump up into a top five, top six seed instead of fighting for that, you know, the, the, the fringe of the top eight and then the play in at the top 10. Well, obviously, a lot of it revolves around the play of Ubre and Wiggins. I mean, I think that's just been what is the storyline around this team. You know, um, covering them on Christmas Day it was like we don't have an identity yet, and we know that there is a there's an identity with Steph and of course Draymond and you know James Wiseman to a certain extent. You know that he's he's a, a rookie whose ceiling is very high, and he's mentored by Draymond. But all the question marks you know, are surrounding what you can get out of Ubre and Wiggins. So um, consistency, I guess, is the answer. Uh, like, how can they move up in the Western Conference? It's getting consistent performances from, from those guys and health. I mean, you can't you can't continue to, you know, put out a, you know, a small lineup with guys. No one over. What was it? Six, seven. Six, last seven. Night? Yeah. Yeah. Six. Seven. Um, so, you know, there, there, therein lies an easy thing to point out, but um, obviously that's not going to be, uh, you know, the case all season. I do have to ask you this because I've been finding myself wondering it throughout moments during this season, especially, and it's a big what if, and we're never going to get the answer to it, but that's what sports media, a lot of it is about. We like to talk about hypotheticals. Clay Thompson, yep. if he was, if yeah. he was a part of this team and, mm -hmm. you know, they have the roster as is, I don't think they would have had Ubre. Uh, I don't think they would have made that trade. Maybe somebody else because it did have the trade exception still. Who knows what, what Phoenix would have done. But if Klay Thompson is on this roster, do you think the Warriors could have could compete with teams like the Lakers and the Clippers who are really the, the two front runners in, in the Western Conference and if not in, in the entire of the, of the NBA? Yeah, I mean, uh, at the top on paper, yes, absolutely. You know, I was really excited to see Clay and Steph and Draymond well-rested, you know, give another go at it um, with that championship experience that they have. But I think if you look back at all the, the Warriors championships, you know, the, the bench had a big part of, you know, their run. Obviously, Kevin Durant, Steph, Clay, you know, Draymond were, are, are the, the core heart and soul, basically, you know, like those are the champs, but I, you know, you can't win a, a title um, in the NBA, obviously without stars, but then without any kind of depth to kind of give those those stars some minutes. So that would have been my only concern to see what the rest of the makeup was. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think people overlook what type of defender Clay Thompson is too. He's, you know, one of the best defenders I think in the league and um, defense has, has been a little bit of an issue for, for this Warriors team this season. So um, you know, I don't think it'd be understated what a, what a loss that is. And, and just like a mental blow to the beginning of how the season started, um, you know, and just to, to relieve 
some of the pressure off of, off of Steph as well. So, yeah, I mean, the, the what ifs, uh, that, that list could be really, really long. Um, the Lakers and Clippers look pretty darn good right now, but, um, you know, you can never underestimate not to sound corny with this cliche that, you know, the heart of a champion. And that's definitely what the Warriors are. That's a great cliche. Yeah. I was actually waiting to hear that one. I'm, I'm messing with you. Uh, I do want to ask you this, James Wiseman, uh, he's been out, he's only out for another week or you know, hopefully another week or so he's going to be re-evaluated in about four or five days. When you look at his potential, and I love what I've seen from him, especially from the outside shooting. He's not hesitating. If he's catching it on top of the yeah. three-point line and he's ready, he's, no. he's backing it up. Like he's not, he's not getting scared of that. When you look at his potential, and they're they're starting to call him the vacuum because he swallows everything up around the rim when they're tossing up alley oops. Yeah. Um, what do you do? You think he's going to be? He has the potential to be an all-star level player. And what do you see his ceiling as ultimately as he continues to develop and grow? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a very skilled big man. I mean, that's exactly, you know, what this new NBA is. And, um, you know, his he has uh, his size, I think, is something that people may not even fully understand because a lot of media also, you know, haven't been able to be around him. <laughs> you know, we're all in the, either the bleachers when we're covering games or on Zooms. Um, and, you know, from my coverage of, of the Warriors, it's just he is so hungry to, to be good. And he's so focused on, um, just improving and, and having this, like, uh, being a complete product, um, not just as a basketball player, but as, as, as a person. And I think, you know, it's great organization to be a part of. He's learning from, obviously we see, uh, Draymond, you know, coaching him up on the court. I mean, he gets to see and watch the professionalism of, of Steph Curry and, you know, see how he handles that stardom. Um, so I think, you know, James is in a really good position to, to grow, um, where he doesn't have that type of pressure on him, um, that a, a normal, you know, second pick in the draft would have. Um, so, you know, he's in a really good position. Do I think he can be an all-star? Yeah. I mean, I think, like I said, I think his ceiling is really high, um, cause his motor's high, his energy level's high. And, um, you know, you can tell he has the eagerness to kind of correct some of those, you know, rookie mistakes that he has from being just, you know, uh, overly eager at times. You mentioned a couple of minutes ago while you, while you were answering there about being in the, in the arenas without fans. And, I, you know, I got yeah. to cover a bunch of the Lakers games last year, right before the pandemic hit. I was, you know, at the Lakers Bucks, Lakers Clippers, and that energy that you feel from the crowd, especially when it's a huge game, like it was, you know, last season for those those matchups, when you're looking at it from your position, how has that been for you just being in the arena? What are you missing the most about, you know, having fans in the building and how has it been on a personal level in terms of even trying to connect with players and, and trying to kind of develop stories from that? Yeah. I mean, look, there's, um, I, I want to get back to, to normal, but there's, there's been some pros and cons obviously for, 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 you know, work-wise, I don't have to like crawl over fans, <laughs> you know, to get to, um, you know, doing my interviews or to do my stand-up. So there's that, but I would, I would, you know, I, I would 10 times out of 10 rather have fans around um, than the current situation we're in. Uh, and there's also some, some pros to, you know, these press conferences being on Zooms, you know, I being um, a national sideline reporter, I, you know, I, I fly into different cities weekly. And so I'm not on, on a beat. And so sometimes it's hard for me to get 
up to date on, you know, what's the ins and outs of certain teams. Um, and normally, you know, teams would hold, you know, pressers and you would have no access to it uh, virtually. And now, like, for instance, I have Mavericks um, Hawks on Wednesday and I was able to sit in on the Mavs, you know, pre and post game as well as the Hawks post game last night and just kind of get that access. So I wonder how, you know, teams are going to go about doing media access specifically post game. I wouldn't be surprised if we have this type of zoom set up for the next couple of years, just to, just to keep people out of those locker rooms, but we'll see. I mean, I think that's something that's really going to be a big discussion among, you know, media partners and the NBA, as far as like the biggest difference in, um, in, in, in the play, I haven't really noticed it. I mean, I was in the bubble too, which was the first kind of, um, taste of playing without fans but even that you know like having those virtual fans and I mean the NBA really really you know did it up in the bubble and they had things people called sound sweeteners who really kind of like were able to match the momentum of the game um and in some of these arenas they don't even have it pumped in sound so you know I I can't imagine what like how different it is um, you know, just in those kinds of moments where you're going on a run or someone's on a heat check, but we've, from what I've been watching on TV, it feels like there's a lot of fans there. Um, cause the play has been pretty darn good to start. Um, but I know certainly for some players, like we saw in the bubble, a lot of guys really locked in that you, you're, you, you know, you, you, you don't think normally would have those type of performances in the playoffs because, you know, playoff basketball is different beasts um, because of the fans, because of the energy. So um, it will be interesting to see, you know, if we still don't have fans um, come playoffs, which, you know, I know some more arenas are opening it up to fans, um, and, you know, what that's going to do, especially if it's just limited fans, you know, as we already saw with, with LeBron in, in Atlanta, like, <laughs> you know, what, like what's going to be heard because usually like you can hear a couple guys here and there, but usually it's a roar of a crowd, you know, um, that players hear. So, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's, you know, we've all had to adjust. Um, and, you know, I think the NBA and a lot of people are, are figuring it out and I'm, I'm glad that, you know, um, we're able to still have such high quality games right now. Well, I think that's the biggest thing I'm looking at too. I'm like, do you remember? I mean, you obviously remember it from March until, you know, the, the league really started and, and it's trivial compared to what's going on across the rest of the world in terms of with, with the virus and stuff. But I'm, I'm just happy to have some sports back. And I, I was thrilled last year, you know, we could actually yeah. sit there and watch something and talk about because even for me trying to find stuff to write about over those months, oh, I'm just I, like, I was scraping, scraping for ideas. So I'm, I'm glad to see it back. I do have to ask quickly, what was the worst part about being in the bubble for you? It was the food. Yeah. I mean, that you know what they the the Disney um, workers did an amazing job. <laughs> you know, like just being able to provide an environment for us to feel safe and feel taken care of. But you know, like there wasn't a lot of variety. I mean, they were feeding a lot of people, um, and so that was the hardest thing because you could, you know, you kind of just. Your, the schedule was so tight that like you kind of just ate what they gave you. And, you know, I ate a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> it's like being back That's in elementary it, school, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like interviewed Ben Simmons and I asked him what he thought the worst part. And he said the food too. He goes, there are a couple of days I just didn't eat. I go, dang, you didn't eat at all. Like that doesn't seem safe for a professional athlete. 
about to compete. Um, but look, I'm not saying that the food was atrocious. It's just sometimes you like just you were sick of you know some some of the meals. So um, yeah, I, I mean, thank God for Amazon. I Amazoned a lot of like food that I could have in my room. That's so, for sure. and you didn't step outside the bubble line, right? We can confirm that. Oh no, yeah, you can bring. <laughs> yeah, I didn't go pick up some Uber Eats. And can you think about? Can you imagine? Like, think about where we were in the in the stories we dealt with. Um, in the bubble where like guys had to quarantine for 10 days uh, for like stepping over a line to pick up an Uber Eats. And now here we are like guys, you know, testing positive left and right. And we're going to have an all-star game, but I guess that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. The conference, yeah. The all-star game conversation. We've heard LeBron come out against it. De'Aaron Fox obviously spoke out against it. I I don't understand the the reasoning behind it, but again, I'm not a billionaire and so whatever the uh, NBA owners and the league want to do, that's entirely on them. Uh, A couple more questions for you before we wrap up. I'll put you on the spot a little bit here. Who are the top five players in the NBA, according to Cassidy's rankings? Oh, yeah. Okay, so how you what like what's the criteria here? Like, so far this season, who's been playing the best so far this season? If you had to pick, or for the rest of the season, you have to rank like I'm gonna go with these guys to start my team. You're the GM. You have to pick one player, the one through, let's say five. That's a whole other. That's a whole other conversation. Because it's just like, uh, that's why this is so difficult. I mean, obviously LeBron. Okay, so you put LeBron over there. Um, wait, am I starting my, like, who am I starting my team with? Yeah. You got this. Like, so so this is the, this is the issue with this conversation, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, uh, like that same issue with like the MVP conversation. There's too much, there's too many criteria for, for when you're talking about the best, uh, why the Jordan and LeBron conversation is, you know, um, you know, like as annoying as it is because there's so much criteria. So like, if I just were to rattle off, you know, the top guys, it'd be LeBron, Kevin Durant. Um, uh, Steph, Luca, Joel. And I don't think I would have said Joel before this year, but there, I think I named five. Right? You did name five. You, you did miss. I was going to say you missed out on Kawhi Leonard, which is okay, but, but I will give you this, that oh you mentioned. God. See, this is no problem. <laughs> well, then if I do Kawhi, then I would. Yeah, here's my issue. I, I started off this podcast saying that Steph Curry is underappreciated, but like if I were to take one of those guys out, I guess it would be Luca. But then I think I just think that's recency bias because of how bad the Mavericks have been. <laughs> I, you know, it just it's a really hard. If you were to give me a, just a like a more you know distinct criteria, like if it was this season so far, it would be LeBron, Joel, um, Kawhi. Um, <laughs> it's still taking time. It's still, t- <laughs> that's a tough it's question. Still it's a, it's a hard it's, one. The league is in a good place. It the is. The league is in a go. Oh, I guess I would have to say if we're just going on performance, I don't know. It's about to put Bradley Beal on there. <laughs> that's just me going off. I can't even do that. Okay. Well, a, well, this is a warrior. And then Damian Lillard. You always, we always forget to date Damian Lillard. Well, that's right. And and like I said, this is a Warriors podcast. So the good thing is you mentioned Steph. Otherwise, you would have had people in your mentions trying to call you out for it. So it's a good thing you saved yourself by doing that. Uh want to wrap up on this. The Super Bowl is coming up yeah, on of Sunday. We got Brady, Mahomes, the Bucks, and the Chiefs. Who do you got in the game? Um, okay. I mean, I guess you can call me a hater. Like, I just can't root for Tom Brady to win really? another championship. <laughs> I mean, it's horrible. Like, I just, mm, 
Um, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn here because it's like, if he wins another title, then it, then it's, does it define that it, it was about him? Like the goatness wasn't about him and Belichick. Um, it was about really just Brady. Like who uh, Julian Edelman said, like the Patriot way was, is the Tom Brady way. Um, so yeah, I'm being a hater, but like, I think my only stance on here is I just, I, I, I'm not rooting for Tom to Tom, my best friend. Yeah. Um, to, yeah. To, so I was going to say, did you have lunch to, with to him yesterday? Super Bowl? <laughs> but at the same time, I'll, I'll say what LeBron said last night. I just want to see a good game. Oh, I want to see a good game. I want to see a good halftime performance. Pretty much seen. I feel like I've seen all the commercials already. What happened? Waiting commercials. I feel like they're rolling out all of the Super Bowl commercials early. Well, I think basically because I, you know, how many? What are those there to really do right now to fill people's time? And I think that's a good way to promote it is just get the word out there. And I think it'll be a close to the most watched Super Bowl that we've seen because <laughs> I'm sitting here too, and I'm like. Two weeks ago, the you know when the when the uh, the championship games happened, I was like, I can't wait for the Super Bowl. Whereas normally, the two weeks, I'll keep myself busy, I'll you know whatever, and you're you're yeah. working and whatever. But now I'm like, thank, that's where I'm saying, thank God we have the NBA because I'm like weekdays, and you you're experiencing it as well. The pandemic, it's been, it's brutal. There's no entertainment. But I did like the Tom Brady Rob Gronkowski one. I think it was at uh, T-Mobile. Is that is that who did it? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that was good. That was yeah. Good I mean. That, that was a good one. I like the Michael B. Jordan one. I thought that was funny. Mm -hmm. My husband thought it was funny. <laughs> like, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be really watched because if people are, um, you know, following the rules, there'll be a lot less Super Bowl parties and more people watching at home. So um, I think the ratings are going to be, you know, pretty high as well, if... I've you know, they needed any help with ratings. I'm Canadian. And I will say that I'm confident based off what I've seen online, whether you're in America or Canada, there are going to be some Super Bowl parties. That's on you. I'm following the rules. I'll be at home. I'll be working. But to those people, Come on. you had to say it though. You know what? You had to say it. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, we'll wrap up with Wear this. mask, people wear masks. Thank you. Thank you. There's your, <laughs> there's your sponsored message by the CDC from Cassidy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Uh, we're going to wrap up there. Uh, don't, just a reminder, Dubs fans, tomorrow at uh, 5.30, that's on Saturday, you can catch the Warriors and Mavericks. Cassidy, you mentioned you're going to be working on a piece uh, that will air before the game, or you'll be doing your your um, your regular segment on there. What can we look out for there? On uh, Yeah, on I'll, actually be, I'll actually be hosting Hoop Streams um, that leads into uh, the game that you can watch that on Twitter, YouTube, or the ESPN app. Um, we're going to have Zach Lowe on, Richard Jefferson, Kendrick Perkins, Rachel Nichols from – um, Dallas, and then also uh, our guy, Nick Friedel, who covers the Warriors for us. So it's going to be a packed show. So tune in on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, and the ESPN app at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. There you go. An all-star cast got you covered for the big one between the Mavs and the Warriors. That does it for this episode. Don't forget to all subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and you can also catch our videos on YouTube. That's at Golden State of Mine. And check us out throughout the season. Myself, Brady, Alex Hall will have you covered with everything Dubs related at goldenstateofmine.com. That does it for this episode. We'll catch you all next week. All right, perfect. Thank you for doing